catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com. When you need to eat and you order a meal with the app on your phone, the driver finds where you are with a map. When you're trying to find the best route home with less traffic, you use a map. When you call an emergency line to report an emergency, they'll find the precise location of the emergency with a map. Maps are historical tools and can be used to retrace history. Maps used to be a tool reserved for the elite. While only the elite had access to maps, more so, only a few of them knew how to use them. These days, many people are using maps on their phones, tabs, laptops, and other devices like never before. More people around Africa through their mobile phones have been interacting with the Geographic Information System GIS technology without knowing. What is the technology behind these maps that have become so popular? What careers are available in this path and what does the future hold for people going into this career path? In this episode, we'll be speaking to a database administrator, data scientist and a GIS coordinator at eHealth Africa, Ifani Ike, on the technology behind the maps you use every day and the career paths involved. Good day, Mr. Ifani Ike. Welcome. How are you doing? I'm very fine. How are you doing, sir? Well, I'm great. I'm good. Many people know of Google Maps and they know of other products and services that are just alike, that have to do with maps or something that have to do with geospatial technology. But not a lot of people know about the technology itself. How would you describe geospatial technology in simple terms? Geospatial is derived from the word geography. So it's more of a digital component of geography. Over time in the past, many persons have studied geography and more of in the analog way where they have to work on papers to understand their environment. However, in the more recent times, say in the last decade, there has been that movement from the paper-based geographical studies to the digital-based geographical study, and that is the geospatial. So as the word implies, we are looking at understanding the position of things in space. How and why are features located on the Earth's surface in the different ways they are located? For you to do this, then you need tools and technologies that are location-based, tools and technologies that understand the location of different features on the Earth's surface. And those tools and technologies are what we refer to as geospatial technologies. You have a lot of them that are recently being applied into different species of life. A good example is the Google map you mentioned. Of course, it's also a geospatial technology in that it takes in the location of different features recorded through the satellites orbiting the Earth, and then people are able to understand and view the events that are happening in some places in near real time and some other times, depending on the network in real time, even when you have never, ever been there. So those are the geospatial technologies. They are basically the tools, equipment, they are different digital information we use to understand the location and the location of events of features on the Earth's surface and also help you to understand why those features are located there and not in other places. Thank wow. you. 
That's great. And I've often heard the terms remote sensing, global positioning system, of which people know as GPS, geographic information systems. What do they mean to someone who, say, has just a basic knowledge of geography? Yeah, okay, good. It's also a good thing you mentioned this right now, because again, you can never exhaust the geospatial world without going full details into remote sensing and then the GPS, the global positioning system. Let's start with the global positioning system. So the global positioning system is a device, it's usually a device that you use to understand the absolute location of features. So in geography, we have two types of location. We have the relative location and we have the absolute location. So relative locations are the location of features on the Earth's surface with relative or with relative to known objects, yes. So for example, if I want to say Lagos International Airport is located in Ikeja close to, say, Lagos Mall. So that's a relative location. I'm trying to describe where Lagos International Airport is located. But the good thing with absolute location is that wherever anyone is, you just have one absolute location. It doesn't change. Unlike the relative location that the known feature you use as a reference could actually be renamed. And then people who had the initial information would find it difficult. So the global positioning system is used in getting the absolute location, usually the longitude and the latitude of features on the Earth's surface. So if I want to know where exactly I am now, I want to share the information of where I am at the moment, I just need to take the GPS coordinates. So that GPS coordinate is um, the global positioning system coordinate, usually the longitude and latitude. And just like in physics, we have, of course, the meeting point of the X and Y axis on when you plot a slope, it helps you to identify the particular point where you are. The meeting point of the longitude and latitude gives the absolute location of where someone, and that's what you use the GPS to obtain. Many devices are being enabled to be able to collect GPS coordinates of different places and persons who use them. But sometimes, even without your knowledge, the GPS location of the events and places you have been to are recorded by your phones. That's because many phones we have recently are GPS enabled and it still boils back to the fact of what I mentioned earlier that many devices and different um, equipment we use in nowadays are often geospatial in nature. They are often built to be geospatial enabled and have that location intelligence. And again, on the second part, the remote sensing, it's just somehow the opposite of GPS. Of GPS. So unlike in GPS where you must be at the location to get the coordinates of that particular place you want to know the location of. The remote sensing, on the other hand, uses gets those locations without being physically present in those locations. So we define remote sensing as the act or process of obtaining information, obtaining information and geographic information in particular of events and features without coming in contact with those surfaces. So just similar, just take remote sensing in a simpler form as um, the camera on your phone. So sometimes you just want to take a picture of something. You give it some distance and just take the picture. And then whenever you look at the images you have taken, then you'll be able to understand, at least appreciate what you have snapped 
the same thing applies with remote sensing. So there are so many satellites orbiting the Earth's surface. In fact, Nigeria also have their satellite. I think currently we have more than three satellites have been launched in Nigeria. What these satellites do is that constantly they are orbiting the Earth's surface and they are equipped with lenses that are able to capture the Earth's surface. So it's it, it, depending on the configuration of that particular satellite, it captures the events that are happening at, at different points on the Earth's surface. And then different platforms like the Google map, again, as an example, then combine the different satellites that are orbiting the Earth's surface to give you different imagery resolutions of different Earth's surface. So that also explains why you may go to Google map today and you will see when you look through to understand the feature, you only see vegetation. So it's probably because the resolution of the camera or the satellite that captured that particular area is not that high to go under the vegetation. There are different kinds of satellites that are being used for the remote sensing. So I think it started basically with the chromatic um, satellite, basically the ones that are just black and white, that just distinguishes every feature you see on the Earth's surface as either black or white. Of course, that was the beginning of the remote sensing. But then eventually, different other satellites that are able to give you better resolution and give you real color of those features then begin to appear. And the more recent one, which gives you very high resolution, is the, the leader, the light detecting equipment. And of course, we usually use those to understand all your spillages. So somehow you may even also want to ask why and how do remote sensors know that there's an oil leakage, that there's an oil spillage in places around the Niger Delta is through the remote sensing satellite images, especially the light detecting ones. So you're able to easily see at a glance how the particular event you've seen um, previously have changed over time. So there are levels and, and various um, areas of application of this remote sensing. So in simple terms, remote sensing is just the act and is also a process of obtaining information and geospatial information and particularly about different earth surface without being in contact with them thank you wow so how about the geographic information systems what, what does that mean gis exactly so these two concepts we've explained so far they are all part of the gis um, so the gis is a geographic information system it is the general body housing all other components of the environment that have to do with location intelligence. So the GIS, by definition, is any system that has the ability to collect, to store, to analyze, to retrieve geographic data. So I'm going to still repeat this again. So any digital system that has the ability to collect geographic data, that has the ability to store geographic data, that has the ability to analyze geographic data and has the ability to retrieve, that is to give you back what you have stored, what you have analyzed. And this whole process, we call it data manipulation. So any system that has the ability to allow you to collect geographic data and manipulate the data and still be able to bring that result is a geographic information system. And that's why recently we have so many platforms that allow you to be able to achieve this and we regard all of them as um, geographic information systems. Good examples are some of the known ones, ArcGIS, because again, they have components that allow you to collect 
the geo coordinates of different places and you can visualize them just on your desktop and then you can still be able to apply some different analysis understand relationships that exist amongst different features and then you can still also be able to put those different relationships in your own way however you want to present them and then be able to share with decision makers so the good thing is that they help you understand your environment and the features in them and in order for you to be able to have better informed decision so i think sometimes in the past again people just do some environmental planning based on assumptions they would just do the assumptions and eventually because human assumption without data backing it up just makes you to live in uncertainties yeah. but with data-driven solutions like the geographic information system and the different dynamism in it you are now able to make better informed decision especially as with regards to um, the distribution of features on the edge surface and of course we can begin to mention the applications of this geographic information because then almost in fact um, at some point we used to say that with gis you can solve any problem somehow it looks funny but then it's also the reality because in almost every and every sphere of life you you want to apply GIS, you certainly see the benefits and improved results you will get from that. So in simple terms, the GIS is any system that enables you to collect geographic data, to analyze geographic data, to store geographic data, and to retrieve geographic data for informed decision. Yeah, so, you. yeah so you're a database administrator at eHealth Africa, and you were recently listed among the 50 rising stars to look out for in the year 2021 on the geospatial media. How exactly do you use geospatial data? How does geospatial technology, you know, connect with health? And let's give us a little insight about your work and the impact. Oh, okay, great. So, like I also mentioned just towards the, probably the last comment on the previous question, I just mentioned that GIS can be applied in almost every sphere of life. In fact, at the inception of GIS, most of its applications were on the oil sector. So, basically, using it to understand, to model the distribution of pipelines, to understand when there are leakages in, in oil pipelines. But in the recent time, the GIS is now moving more into supporting the health system. So globally, different studies have adopted the GIS approach to understanding the spread of diseases, to understanding how um, events have spread over time and over space. So you are now able to also understand just in visual terms, how a particular disease has spread from one community to another from its inception. And then you can then also model the different factors, the different environmental factors that probably could be responsible for such diseases. In fact, many factors responsible for different diseases have been discovered through GIS means. One good example is um, Borrelia ulcer. So Borrelia ulcer is an environmental prone disease, it's usually found in some specific environments. Before the application of GIS into the study of Borreliosa, it was assumed just to be the disease of poor communities. But then with the application of GIS, modeling the different environmental features, there has now 
very high significance and it has also been discovered to two different studies not just one that the disease is associated with slow moving water bodies remember that water bodies are also part of the environment and there are satellite images that give you very good resolution of water bodies so and then different other means so on my work with gis so i am a database administrator and then a geospatial analyst like you mentioned i have good interest in fact, most of my interest before now had always been on the public health sector. And then again, with my knowledge of GIS, I don't have to start thinking globally to how do we apply GIS in helping to bring solutions to some of the known public health infections and their response systems in the country. And that's where I began to also support the design of different systems that help you understand the distribution of diseases and also help the public health sector in the country to plan for the response to those diseases. One good example of that is a location intelligent application designed within eHealth Africa, which I also led the database design and even the flow. So it's called Plan Felt. So it's a location intelligent application for planning and monitoring of field activities. So basically when public health experts want to deploy resources to either collect some information or to go and vaccinate, let me use vaccination as an example, they always have that trouble of knowing the number of resources to send to an area identifying the estimated number of persons living in such an area, understanding the, the movement pattern of the vaccinators. And again, some of the vaccinators even before now would probably just go and lodge in one hotel and tell you that they vaccinated a whole community and at the end you still see such illnesses still showing face. So we then came up with this particular tool that helps you plan the distribution of field teams and it also helps you to be able to determine how the few things should move. For example, should they go to point A before point B? And all these are not just straight line distances, but they are based on, on road networks, on the open street map road network. So usually follows the road network and be able to guide you and even the estimated time the vaccinators are meant to reach their vaccination points. And it also even helps you to understand when the vaccinators are actually carrying out the vaccination exercise. Because again, it's it's configured to take the speed of the vaccinator. So we always assume that when the speed is lower, there's usually the threshold for every activity. So if the speed is lower, we are then able to say that, oh, these guys are having the vaccination exercise at this point. And again, with the monitoring part, we're also now able to understand in real time where the vaccinators are at at every point in time in the field. So I can just sit down in an office in the comfort of my room and monitor the movement of the vaccination team. So there are a couple of other tools I've actually developed, but this stands out very well amongst them. And then during the COVID-19, I also developed different tools at the national level, working with the NCDC to first of all, understand how prepared the healthcare workers in Nigeria to respond to COVID-19 even before its inception. So this tool also now helped us Right to be able to identify the gaps that existed in the in the health system before even the advent of COVID, and a couple of other tools, and I, I think that's also part of why I was recognized and um, by the geospatial media as one of the fifty rising stars globally, and it's also an honor to me and to the country at large, and it's also a push to do more actually. So I think this is kind of what I would like to want to say on this. Beautiful, yeah, beautiful. You truly are a rising star. 
let's try to help other young ones or the people who are still very young to get to this stage because many of them do not know about job descriptions like this or career paths like this. They're still largely unknown to many young people. How did you get into this career path and how can other young people get into this career path? Okay, great. So one thing I've always told the fewer persons I work around, because then again, I have few persons I mentor around the NCDC. One thing I always tell people is it's about your passion, right? So if you have passion for the health system or you have passion, in fact, in any other field of life, right, that you have passion for, it's always good to think outside the box. How do you adopt other tools to make what you do better? So again, if someone has interest in any other sphere of life, one thing that is good is, have you considered other means of doing this to probably achieve better results? It's not always good to keep doing the same thing in the same way and expect a different result. Right, so it's always good one to understand that when you apply other tools and technologies, you probably will be able to get better results. And for those that already have interest in the geospatial world, I will tell you, is a lovely world, and it it has various untapped potentials that um, that the world is waiting for people to to tap in. There are so many areas of the the geospatial world that are yet untouched, that the world is with, especially in our, in our country, Nigeria, so many areas of them in different aspects of life. And then again, it's also challenging because then you have to be willing to bend down and um, read and also understand, especially in recent times, understand some programming language because again, it has gone beyond just creating maps. The geospatial world has now gone fully into programming so you now write programs either in python or in r mainly that would be able to run some analysis and monitor some events and give you results so first of all you should have interest in adopting newer technologies to do what you do and secondly you should also think of adding location attributes to your sphere of life once you have these two components in mind then just don't panic about going into the geospatial world and also there are lots of career available for those within the geospatial world lots of them both internally within the country and externally and again it's an area that although some persons are beginning to come up in but then you don't have too much competition right in it because again if you know it you know it and there are so many things and so many areas that are still yet untouched which of course, if one goes into, you can actually begin to venture into some of the areas yet untouched. So my simple advice to the upcoming ones there is that you should never panic in taking a career in the geospatial world. It's an area you will enjoy and I bet you, you will never regret going into it. Could you uh, just list just a few of these areas you think, you know, would blossom in a few years' time? Also, what's the future of geospatial technologies in Africa and which industries should we look out for? There are so many areas of application of the geospatial world. In fact, some of them at the point probably don't even know that they have need for GIS until 
when a GIS expert begins to identify those needs and help them to bring solutions to those needs using the GIS. One good example, like I mentioned earlier, is the public health environment in the country. Although it's an area that is coming up, the application of GIS and remote sensing in the public health, the potentials within it are still not even half tapped, right? There are still lots of opportunities um, in the public health sector where you can apply GIS. In fact, one good example of it is also in understanding the suitability of places, of sites for different public health events. Say, if there is need to site and uh, to site um, a particular public health lab, for example, with the with GIS application, you can easily be able to combine different and uh, multi-criteria data sets and be able to come to the most suitable site for the location of such features. Again, in the urban and regional planning, there are lots of potentials there for GIS application. In the water sector, there are lots of potentials for GIS applications. In the electricity sector, in fact, recently too, you see most electricity companies in Nigeria have GIS units, actually. Again, in the oil and gas sector too, we also have GIS experts who monitor the different installations to be sure there are no damages. You also wonder how the oil and gas companies are able to know when there is a leakage in their different facilities. Remember that some of these pipelines even pass through water bodies. How are they able to identify that there is a leakage or that the knots in some of the installations are loose? So it's through the GIS application. There are lots of areas and just mention any aspect of life, I can actually also guide you and let you know the areas where GIS could be applied. Thank you very much for the time and for the insight here. Yeah, thank you so much. It's really been an interesting chat with you. Thanks for listening and don't forget to catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com